This episode of Sick on Cinema is dedicated to the memory of Killjoy of Necrophagia. Too sick on cinema. I am one half of your nuclear holocaust survivors, John. <laughs> I'm your other half, Matt. And uh, welcome to another episode of uh, the lovely podcast that brings you all the feel-good movies of the year. God. Sick on cinema. Feel-good movies, yeah, sure. We'll only talk about just the most uplifting and moving and just Man, just all the feel-good moments. Just smiles around. Ain't that right, Matt? Right. That's a lie. This has been one of the most absolute depressing series of movies to watch we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. That's because we're talking about real-life horror, dog. We're talking about horrors of the past and horrors, hopefully not, but... Could possibly be the future. Yeah. Uh, we're talking war on today, Sick on Cinema. Yeah... But before we get into the movies, like always, if you want to give us a shout, 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 let it go. That's not what I thought you were going to do at all. Hello. That's the reason I thought you were going to do, shout out the devil. No, I don't like my liquor. I don't really either, but. I way prefer Tears for Fears. <laughs> it's just that's what I was expecting you to do. It's <laughs> the beginning of that song. and then. But, uh. Okay. <laughs> hit us up. The best place to reach us is sickoncinema at gmail.com. Not Twitter. Not Twitter. Twitter dead ass. We'll have to make us a new Twitter. When we do, we'll let you know <laughs> what that is. But you can reach us at Facebook. Just search up Sick on Cinema. Yes. And on the Instagrams at Sick on Cinema. And, uh. Drop us a line. Tell us when we're wrong. Tell us when you're right. Tell us what you think about what we watched. You know, that's something that could be really cool if you, you know, send in what you thought about the the week before's movies, if you've ever seen them or if you've watched them with us. Or your opinions on what we said about them. Yeah. All that jazz. And we actually have a listener email. Finally. Finally. (laughs) We've had a couple in the past. Yeah, a couple. Not many, though. Not many. But before we read the listener question or listener comments, yes. How you been, Matt? Um, I've been all right. Busy working on this YouTube shit. Finally got one video out. I was say, don't you want to give a a yes. plug, if you will? Yes. Um, this video's on Missing Four One One, the book series and movie. Mm-hmm. And it's at the Fright Crave YouTube channel. Yep. Check it out. Yep. Follow it, Fright Crave. Yes. Hopefully, Follow. one day in the future, we'll start posting some episodes. Yeah, we we've been in talks about that on getting it onto the YouTube channel. Yeah, but and uh, so yeah, go go give Fright Crave a sub. The only thing about that, we're like twenty something episodes deep into this. 
I don't want to blow up people's feeds, but just like here's spam, spam, spam. Well, what I thought was like you start with whatever episode would be the first upload. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, if you want to catch the past episodes, this is where you can do it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Fright Crave, go give that a subscribe, a subscription, a subscrib, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and as of right now, because I haven't worked on any of the other platforms. Mm. Which is Facebook and Twitch. You can follow us on there if you really want to, but I've got nothing on there right now. Yeah. But yeah, check it check that out if you will. I've helped out a little bit. A little bit. <sighs> you say you say a little bit like you haven't edited pretty much all the fucking videos and <laughs> haven't, you know, participated because you're in the next video. That's true. But uh we have something exciting coming up tomorrow. Yes. Also tomorrow or whenever you're hearing when you're hearing this it'll be that day. Thursday, uh, April, no, March 29th. Yes, which is the anniversary of Stick on Cinema. We will be going to see... Paul Bear. If you know who the band Paul Bear is, they're doom metal gods. Doom metal gods, for sure. Awesome stuff. Um, One more plug before we... There's something we absolutely need to talk about, and then we'll get to the listener comments, and then we'll get into the episode. Okay. Uh, coming soon, the man who did our theme song. Yes. Mr. Jason. Also known now as Rain Architect. Rain Architect, yes. Is about to drop his third LP in the span of what? Two years? Two years, which is insane. That's beyond, like, Macedon. That's pretty (laughs) nuts. (laughs) I don't remember the name. Do you remember the name? No. But it's coming soon. Go follow Rain Architect on all the platforms. Yes. And get ready for some awesome electronic music. Yeah, one of the teaser tracks on his Instagram, which I talked about a little while back, was pretty dope. Pretty dope. So we always want to give him a shout out because he's the man that gave us our awesome theme song. Yes. and Which you could actually download at Bandcamp. Yeah. Scather is awesome. And we also were in talks with him about stuff for Fright Crave as well. So, yeah. So yes. give him some praise, some love. Awesome stuff. Yes. As always. Now on to a little bit of sad news. Yeah. We would be remiss without bringing this up and talking about it, because I'm definitely going to dedicate the episode to the man. Uh, and uh, I hope I pronounce his last name correctly. Hmm. Frank Pucci. P-U-C-C-I. You think that's correct? Uh, some, something like that. I thought, probably. Pucci. Pucci. Probably, probably Pucci. Something like that. But better known... As Killjoy. Yeah. The um, lead singer of death metal, pioneers, horror metal, gods. I mean... Necrophagia. He is one of the founding fathers of the death metal genre. Yeah. And this completely saddened us both. He uh, recently passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. It was came pretty shockingly, pretty abrupt... I mean, I never hadn't heard anything about him being sick or anything like that. The last thing I heard was from about a year ago, they're actually working on like new material. Yeah. From what I understand, from what I've heard, it was a heart attack, but I don't know. Yeah. Officially. But it was very sad news. Necrophagia, if you don't know, are horror-inspired death metal band. Yeah, which they paved the way, paved the way for bands in the death metal genre nowadays. And, you know. Yeah, they came out in the, they began in the late 80s before they took a little bit of a hiatus. 
Yeah, they. I mean, they started like I'd, I'd probably say like mid eighties, right? Yeah. And they're one of the first bands. Them, Death, and Cannibal Corpse kind of started the whole death growl in music, which was um just a more aggressive vocals than what you normally hear. Of course, they're not the first people to do it, but they're one of the fathers, the founding fathers, to bring it to the mainstream. Yeah, if there was a Ru- Mount Rushmore of death metal, it would definitely be Necrophagia, Cannibal Corpse, Death. Yes. You know, those guys were the founding fathers of that style of music that really pushed it forward. Yeah. Unfortunately, Necrophagia never really got their... They they were never as popular as bands like Cannibal Corpse and Death. Well, I would say, arguably, they're right there with Death. I mean, you don't hear a whole lot of people talking about Death. and Main- Like, just recently, you know, after the passing of, what was his name, Charlie... Uh, Chuck. Uh, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah. Um, death started to... Pick up a little bit. So hopefully, you know, unfortunately someone has to pass away before they can get their dead yeah. in the sun, but hopefully people start to discover necrophagia. Because, you know, the first time I ever, I mean, I'd heard of necrophagia for a long time because of the Cannibal Holocaust DVD. They have a Cannibal Holocaust song on it. Yeah. Um, I knew him from uh, from August Underground's Mortem. Yes. Um, crazy movie. <laughs> I knew that he was a Cinema Wasteland regular, which, you know, unfortunately I never have done Cinema Wasteland, so I didn't get the chance to meet the man, which I would love to have. But when I first time I really heard Necrophagia was when Massacre Video put out, was it Through the Eyes of the Dead? Yeah. Which really kind of opened my eyes to extreme metal. Like, I really wasn't a big fan, but Burning Moon Sickness in particular. That song is brutal. Really put me like, I was like, man, I kind of like this a lot. And really kind of pushed me into discovering bands like Pig Destroyer and Dying Vetus and other more extreme metal bands that I would never have listened to. It wasn't for Necrophagia. Mm -hmm. But... I think I want to announce something right here. Yeah. In honor of him. I know you said we're dedicating this episode. Oh, yeah. This episode will be dedicated to Killjoy. I think we should do an episode dedicated to him for the next episode. And that's going to, I think we should do the August Underground trilogy. Sure. Yeah. We can absolutely do that. I think that would probably be the best way to honor him because he was in, you know, at least one of those movies. I'm not sure if he was in any of the others. We but. could do that. I mean, we probably should talk about this off air. Yeah. Or we could also do a uh, Massacre video. Yeah. And actually review Through the Eyes of the Dead. Yeah. It's going to be kind of hard to do that because it's just music videos yeah. and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's really sad. It really hit me hard whenever. Yeah. It was a bummer because, you know, like I said, as a horror fan and a metal fan, Necrophagia was a perfect blend. Yeah. You know, but, you know, listen to their catalog here. Holocaust de la Morte, The Divine Art of Torture, Harvest Rituals, Season of the Dead, Goblins Be Thine, Death is Fun, Death Trip 69, White Worm Cathedral. There really isn't a bad album amongst those. Um, they have a few of them, a few albums before that as well. Yeah. Because there's just one, I can't remember the, the title of it off the top of my head. But it's one of the first true death metal albums. Mm-hmm. And it's not regarded as that, though, by many... But yeah, it was real unfortunate. You know, we really hated to see, hear it, and see it, and you know, gone way too soon. Yeah. You know, necrophagia. Who knows what the future lies for them? Um, it really was Killjoy's baby. It was that it seemed like, but you know, maybe they'll press forward. It's hard to say. But, But you know, I wish his family and. His band members and his friends. Yep. You know, condolences. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, 
course, I was a big fan of extreme metal um, before I even really knew about Necrophasia, but he's the the band is definitely one of the bands that kind of like sucked me into it more. Yeah, made me look for new stuff, and yeah, you know, it's just like it, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm for me because it was like, um, horror movies, love horror movies, all right? Yeah, check. Big fan of Jim Van Beber. Oh, Jim Van Beber directed the whole every music video for that one. All right, check. You know, oh, Phil Anselmo's a guitar player. I love Pantera. Check. You know, yeah. Oh, the the riffs are freaking amazing. Check. You know, <laughs> so like this is true. It was the perfect storm of stuff for me to be a big fan of Necrophagia, and yeah, I mean, he will be missed in the metal world and the horror world and everything in between. So this episode will be dedicated to Killjoy of Necrophagia. Hey, rest in peace, Killjoy. Yep. So, moving on to our very first listener question. Or not yes. question. I keep saying question like it's a thing, but it's not a question. It's, it's a, a comment. It's a comment. And I don't like giving last names necessarily because, you know. In case they don't want to be read out. Yeah. You know. We'll do first names unless you. I mean, if you don't want us to, then just put that in the post, I guess. Yeah. For now, we'll go with first name basis. And if you want us to say your last name on air. We'd be more than happy to do that for you. But it's all up to whoever sends the question, comment, or concern in. But this is from Brandon. Brandon. Let's hear it for Brandon. Round of applause for Brandon, even though we're not going to put that effect in here because... I don't edit it. Yeah, you don't edit it unless it's for the YouTube channel, apparently. He says, hi, I'm a new fan to your podcast. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. Yes. I hope hope we uh, aren't shitty. Yeah, we <laughs> hope we're not uh, a shitty podcast to you. Yeah, hopefully, hope you like it. He put a. Uh, I recently just listened to your French Joe stream episode for the second time today. Oh wow! Yeah, wow! Thank you. I can't yeah. believe someone wants to listen to us more than one time. <laughs> Especially, maybe that episode. <laughs> and he put, I felt compelled to email you guys. Well, we again appreciate it. Yeah, we we, we appreciate it greatly. In regards to the ending of High Tension, Uh-oh. which. Was a big subject of that episode. <laughs> yeah, it was, was the last like thirty minutes. Was the ending of high tension and um, our, <laughs> our pretty much dislike of it. Yeah, uh, being a huge fan of Alexander Aja and said films, I rewatched or said film. Excuse me, I rewatched it for God knows how many times this is now, and did some research on the internet. Had to s- man, I am a ter. I apologize, Brandon. <laughs> We try that whole sentence again. <laughs> Being a huge fan of Alexander Aja and said film, I rewatched it for God knows how many times this is now and did some research on what the internet had to say about the plot holes. Okay. And I have to say, I've come to the same conclusion as the internet, with Maria being an untrustworthy narrator slash protagonist. The okay. movie that unfolds in front of us is the bullshit story that she told the doctors via the camcorder in the first shot of the movie. So everything that had to do with the killer and his truck, like you guys had mentioned at the end of the episode, was correct with never existing. Plus some of the behind the scenes and interviews of Aja can help connect some dots. I really dig what you guys are doing, and uh, keep it up. Thank you. All right. And thank you so much for that. <coughs> and I can see where it's coming from. Yeah, that, that makes yeah, It makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I still don't know if it completely... I don't. I don't know if that's completely what I necessarily think. What happens in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a, a, a yeah, absolutely. Like I appreciate you know 
you know, some more insight into that. Yeah, thank you for giving, you know, your thoughts on it because it's always nice. Like, I could see that. But, yeah, yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, while I always thought that that opening scene with her just kind of sitting there in front of the camcorder was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. There's still problems with everything. Like, the movie doesn't unfold like it's being told like a story to me. Yeah. Not trying to be like, or oh, you're wrong, because that's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, you may be right about this for all I know, but... Yeah. I mean... We're I just d- a couple idiots from Tennessee. I haven't heard a true statement. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, awesome. I mean, really appreciate it. Sorry. <laughs> I got a little... <laughs> Something popped on my phone. It was weird. Oh, God, I should check my phone's on silent. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> we are the podcast that's never prepared. Hell no. So, yeah, that's that, something to think about, something to chew over, watch it again, and, yeah. and keep that in mind as I watch it, you know. Much appreciated, Brandon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Emails again, heck. You know. Yeah. Um, tell us what you think about, you know, future episodes or yeah. earlier episodes, you know. You know, and, and if anyone listening ever has suggestions for films that we should watch. Oh, God. Or an ideal for an episode, definitely send those in, because, you know. Most definitely. We're always... I'm always open to, you know, more movies to put it to this list. I mean, this whole podcast was started because we wanted a way to watch all these movies. Either again or for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So now it's time to quit wasting time. No, it's time. wasting time. No, but you know what I'm saying. We're putting it off because to... this episode is going to be heavy. Yeah. This is maybe a, a little bit of a longer episode, too. Mm-hmm. Of course, because of you know the the intro and everything that we had to do, and with the subject matter of this episode, and yeah, this this episode was rough. Yeah, it was very rough. We're gonna be talking about war. Good lord, what is it good for? Uh, no, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're gonna try not to get over overly overly political, because that's not what the purpose of this podcast is. That's true. We're not here to talk about, you know, we're here to be an escape from... From the bullshit. The bullshit, you know, that the, the daily arguments. So we're not we're going to try to get not very political. And also, and it's ridiculous that I even have to, like, mention this, but I always will because I'll never forget reviewing Black Sun and King Massacre on my YouTube page and getting, like, an essay written about how it never happened and people arguing in the comments. <sighs> okay. <laughs> We are reviewing movies. Yes. We're reviewing movies based on true events for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, Threads is kind it, of a hypothetical film. Yeah. But it's still also heavily researched on actual stuff, you know, yeah. real events. Um, we are reviewing, you know, movies based on real events. Yeah, two of these movies are based on events that are absolutely true of, you know, other subject matter that they happened. We do not mean anything negative towards the current country of Germany or Japan. What we are talking about is World War II atrocities committed by Nazis and Imperial Japan. Yeah, and also something to add to that is... Look, no, no country is a saint. In no, all God, of this. no. I mean, 
The USA's done a lot of shady shit. Absolutely. So has Germany, Japan, you know. Russia. England, Russia. No one is innocent. Yeah, no one is innocent. I just want to put that out there, and it's ridiculous, because everybody should be like, yeah, Nazis in Imperial Japan was bad, all right? <laughs> but, so nobody gets butthurt about it. So I start a war in, in comments, and, uh, and start a war in emails and stuff. Being like, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about, Nazis, Germany. No. We have nothing against Germany, Japan, anybody. But we are going to talk about real things that featured real people that really happened. And there's no getting around that. <laughs> and also for, I mean, if you're you know sensitive to subject matter, then I don't know why you're listening to this podcast really. Yeah, anyway, right. Like all we do is talk about bad stuff and porn. Yeah. So <laughs> very very nasty pornography. Pornography and disturbing movies, I and mean, that's the whole podcast basically. Yeah, but we're about to get in some heavy shit. Yeah, this shit's. This is heavy, heavy shit, so. Yeah, so, without any further ado. We haven't even talked about the movies we're talking about. We're talking about Black Sun and King Massacre, Come and See, and Threads. Yeah. So, we're going to start in the year 1995, revisiting a filmmaker we have already tackled once on this podcast. Yes. The mighty T.F. Mao, who brought us such films. I don't know why I said such films, because the only other movie I've seen is the film we actually you know discussed on the podcast, Men Behind the Sun. Yes. This is the fourth in the Men Behind the Sun series. Mm-hmm. However, the second and third ones were not done by T.F. Mao. If no. you want to understand, they're nowhere near as good as the first and fourth. <laughs> well, what is the alias that people use whenever they don't want their name attached to the movies? Oh, aliases? and Well, there's one that's like Alan Smithy. Oh, <laughs> is there Alan Smithy on this? No, no, there's no Alan Smithy. <laughs> uh, this is Black Sun, the Nanking Massacre from 1995. Oh, this movie! It's a uh, man. I remember. I I don't even know how I found this movie necessarily. <laughs> I mean, I know about I knew about Man Behind the Sun, but I had never seen Man Behind the Sun, and maybe I was just on a kick of getting unearthed stuff in. Because I am a big fan of unearthed films. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, I don't want to talk too much shit on it because I really like it. All right, so that's what happens when you don't check make sure your card's full. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave that in, too, because it's going to be funny. So it's just like, I'm talking about, like, I'm not trying to talk shit on it. <laughs> and just off. Of course you're going to leave that in. Are you leaving that in because it's funny or because you just don't want to edit it? It's a little bit of both. Okay. All right. <laughs> At least I'm honest with my, like, lack of enthusiasm to edit. <laughs> Um, so anyways, like I was saying, I'm not trying to talk shit about Unearth because I love Unearth. Yeah. But Unearth has released some Duke Butt movies in the past. And like, I think every company has. Yeah. Um, I mean, Massacre Video released Alien Beast. They did release Alien Beast. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but we love Massacre Video. <laughs> I, got, I had to do it to that movie. I had to do it to them. We ain't even covered it yet. Oh my God. Well, are we covering it? We're covering all the Massacre stuff, remember? Oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> We're doing everything Massacre Video. We could do Massacre Video Part 2 for next week. But Alright, let's get into this movie. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, I don't even know how, like... I just remember seeing the cover, and it, I thought it was awesome because it was, like, sideways. Yeah. And it features a real picture of an incident in the Black Sun Nagging Massacre. Yeah. 
you know the actual Nine King massacre. Yeah, I don't know what I was trying to say right there. That would like that was bad. <laughs> I saved you. I had an almond smell in my nose right then, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know, this looks so cool. And I remember watching it and just being like, I'm mean, not bought it with Christmas money. <laughs> oh great! And I think I watched it like New Year's Day or something like that. Oh my god! And uh, was completely not ready for that level of violence and the fact that it's based on a true story really was a, you know... Gut punch. Yeah. So that's how I discovered Black Sun and King Massacre. I really don't even remember. I don't know if I heard somebody talk about it beforehand. I just know I bought it with Christmas money and was poked in the butt by <laughs> life. <laughs> um, I heard about it from you. I Hope Reviews has not talked about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has yet. It's not really a super covered movie. Like I've not no. heard a ton of like, especially considering it's the fourth of the Men Behind the Sun series, yeah. and it's directed by the original director T.F. Mao. You'd think it would had more coverage and more people like discussing it and talking about, it, but really not. I should leave a comment or reviews the page like cover this movie. Like I know Mr. Parker, Mr. Yeah. Dave Parker. Uh, I know he talked about it because he reviewed the entire Man Behind the Sun box set that Jesus came out Christ. a while ago. So it's out there. Like some people know it and talk about it, but like I always was kind of like surprised at like the lack of knowledge about this movie mm. in the extreme cinema community. So hopefully this review here will you know get people to give it a watch. Yeah, I know that uh, currently Unearth it may be over by the time people hear this. Mm. There was an Unearth sale. Um, and you could actually get the original cover of the film, uh, which is I don't actually don't think as is as cool as the one that's on the standard release, but you know, but that's a little collectible. Yeah. But so, what is this movie about? That's what we need to get to. Um, it's about Imperial Japan, and pretty much ma- just it's a massacre that happened in Nanking. Well. I mean, if you want to break it down, it basically what's about it's about Japan's occupation of the capital of of China, Nanking. Yeah, uh, they stormed the gates of Nanking and took over the city. And what ensued was truly one of the most atrocious war crimes to ever take place in human history. Yeah, the Second Holocaust, if you will. Is what I've heard it referred to before. What about uh the the whole? I forget. It's like unit unit seven thirty one. Yeah. What about that? I thought that would be the. That's part of it. Okay. That's all part of what Japan. Yeah, fair fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. That's like saying, well, what about the Russians? And, and yes, it's all part of the Holocaust. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, that's the whole story. Like basically, you you follow. Of several characters, there's your Germ. You're there. You can't be saying Germany now. You got your Japanese military men who you follow them, and you kind of get their mindset on what is going on and what they're doing. And then you have like these two little kids who are trying to m- survive on the streets, and then you have their uncle who's trying to get back to them. Yeah, and all these stories are kind of like converging into one while all this stuff is happening. And I just had to mention how horrific this, some stuff that happened is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the movie is a movie, first of all. Yeah. 
so like some of the stuff could be embellished. You know, you don't know. Like, uh, for instance, the most notorious scene in the film, I think, is the scene where the Japanese soldier literally bayonets a baby out of a woman's stomach. Jesus Christ. It's hard to say whether or not that actually happened or if that was something created for the movie, right? Yeah. However, what absolutely did happen was the down-and-out complete destruction of Nanking, including the people. Um... And a lot of the victims were not soldiers. Right. They were the elderly. They were women. They were children. I mean, it was everybody. I can't... I thought I had one in my notes. And if you talk for a minute, I can find the statistics. Go ahead and start giving your thoughts on the film while I look up the statistics of what actually went down in Nanking. I I mean, I feel like this movie is... I don't think it's as good as Men Behind the Sun. Men Behind the Sun is, is, is a, a stronger narrative film I would say mm-hmm. um where this one it has a lot of military jargon in it which yeah. can definitely slow the film down where Men Behind the Sun like Men Behind the Sun is better too I think because it, it's like a coming of age movie mm-hmm. that just happens to take place in this during the one of the most horrific times insane and, you know yeah places and I mean God, some of the things that happen in this movie just to know that this actually happened to people. Was it's horrific. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm trying to find right now. Because there's one statistic in particular that I thought was truly frightening. Was was it the death toll? Uh, the death toll was bad. It's estimated to be between forty thousand to over three hundred thousand people that that were killed. That were killed during the Nanking invasion. Just Nanking. Yeah. Jesus. Um, I don't want to like just throw out crazy numbers. I wish I could find the actual uh, stuff. Stuff, but I think it was like, yeah, here it is. Um, in addition to the children and the elderly, twenty thousand Chinese women were raped during the occupation. What twenty thousand? Twenty thousand women were raped. Jesus Christ. And they, you know, that's you see that in the film as well, you know. Yeah. It's brutal. It's it's a hard watch. I mean, that goes with all these movies, though. And it, you know, as a you know, <laughs> Japan at the time really didn't see, you know, and it's like, how can this happen? Like, how can people be so cruel to another human being? Mm. It's like, well, the Japanese army was drilled into their mind, into their senses that these are not people. These are lower than you. These are dogs. These are filthy animals. Yeah, they saw the Chinese and other people as, well, mostly Chinese. Let's be it fair. was anybody, oh, really. Yeah. A lot of Russia, like anyone that was the enemy. Yeah. To them. They they didn't see them as human. Yeah, like you see that in Men Behind the Sun and in in, in this movie as well. Yeah, because just the mention of the word Chinese to them in this movie is like like you just said the worst word possible. Mm-hmm. And God, I mean, like it's it's crazy too because like they were so against like any kind of humanitarianism mm-hmm. and like completely breaking the rules. For instance, like, they set up refugee camps. Mm. And those were supposed to be off-limits to the Chinese army. I mean, the Japanese army, excuse me. 
and like they would just come in and just round people up and take them out, and there was really nothing they could do to stop them. I mean, when it comes to you know what happened in Nanking and Imperial Japan, you you know more about it than I do because you've been reading a book about it. But mm-hmm. I just know what you've told me and what I've seen in these movies, and it's just crazy. It's crazy it's, that it, stuff like this happens. Yeah, I mean, World War Two is honestly one of the most fascinating things in world history, mm-hmm. just because it was seemed like the whole world went crazy. Like at this one time, like it was a perfect storm of chaos that just kept building and building and building until it it snapped. And then you had the Holocaust, and you had Unit Seven Thirty One, and you had you know the stuff that was going on in Italy with Mussolini, and you had mm-hmm. you know the invasion of Nanking. You know, like, the crazy thing about it is, like, World War II was already crazy, and then after Germany was defeated, you go in, and all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, this was happening? You know? Yeah, I mean, I was also have to say the states weren't doing anything either. Like, anyone who was, you know, who came to the states from Germany or Japan, and, like, of course, we didn't do a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. But we kept them in camps as well. Yeah, but it was different, though. It was much different. I mean, like, I, you hear that all the time, like... <laughs> Oh, America had camps too. And it's like, well, they did. It was wrong. It's wrong, but they also weren't gassing them and starving them to death. And you know, they may not have been the best things in the world, yeah. and they shouldn't have happened. But it was nowhere near the levels of. I also don't think America was. Of course, I don't. We weren't alive, so how do we know? Yeah, I don't necessarily think they were killing people. Yeah, at least not intentionally killing people. Like, what was going on in these situations? It was truly a terrifying thing. It was a terrifying time. Like, the world was in such uncertainty. Like, could it ever get back together the way it ever was, you know? I mean, after that, it was un- it was so uncertain that after that, Russia and the United States were having conflict with each other, and then Cold War happens. Yeah. But, you know, to go back to Blacks on the Ninking Massacre. Yeah. Um, T.F. Mao as a filmmaker, I think is so fascinating. Mm. Like, his ability to, like, just shoot stark, violent images. Mm-hmm. And, like, no matter if the effect looks good or bad, his ability to shoot it in a way that just feels real... Yeah, for sure. ...is incredible. Like, he is a master. I mean, there's scenes in Men Behind the Sun and Black Sun that people still consider to this, think that they are real. Yeah, I mean, like... like like, the autopsy scene, I'm not sure if that's real or not. Yeah. And then there's the cat scene, don't know if that's necessarily real or not. He just has a way of shooting violence that is unlike anybody I've ever seen. It, he makes it look as real as he possibly can. And it's like, sometimes he goes extremely graphic, and sometimes he doesn't have to, you know what I mean? And, and there's some moments in this movie where, like, especially when, uh, I forget his name, Japanese Emperor at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is... Doing heinous acts of people, and it doesn't even really show it to you. Mm-hmm. It just shows a little bit of what happens, and sometimes that makes it even worse. To me, like there's so many memorable scenes in this movie, and maybe that is is a is an argument against the film too, mm-hmm. where it's a series of like shocking scenes where Men Behind the Sun is more of a cohesive story. Yeah. But also, that's also it, it has a beginning, middle, and end more firmly than the actual Nanking Massacre. Because mm-hmm. it's like they just came in, they destroyed it, and they left. It wasn't that long of an occupation, really. No. You know? 
So it's like it it doesn't have quite the same narrative to it as Men Behind the Sun does. But like it, as far as like shocking moments, it has its feel. Also, T.F. Mao, like he's almost like when you look at his movies, he's almost kind of like the Rage Against the Machine of like yeah horror films because he goes in. And he's like, yeah, this is this happened. Yeah, he definitely is like, he's the kind of guy that waves the flag of like, you know, this needs to be known. Yeah, th- this this did happen. Just because Japan, you know, cleaned itself up and is a great place now that, you know, has moved things along technologically, mm-hmm. you know, and created great entertainment. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, seeming like, it seems like, you know, of course it has its problems and that's what that's with every country but But. that also doesn't excuse them from having to face what happened in the past nothing in no country should have that you know what i mean like germany like nazis like nazis and what happened in germany in world war ii needs to be known Mm. does it you know i'm sure you're like look you know it's same thing in america and the slavery yeah we we i didn't own slaves no but it needs to be known that in the past you know it happened. It happened. It's not that you are to blame for it. It's just that you need to know that there is things that happened that were terrible. Yeah. You know. I mean, the thing about it is, in America, we had you know slavery and we had the Trail of Tears that happened. Mm-hmm. We don't like to own up to that very much. Nobody but, does. Nobody wants to admit to these things. But it's true. It did happen. Unit seven thirty one. It happened. Yeah. Thinking massacre. It happened. The Holocaust. It, it happened. happened. <laughs> And it's <laughs> like, if you look at these things, if you look at, like, slavery and, you know, Holocaust, and you're from these countries, and you have a sense of guilt, it's because you're human. Yeah. You're like, man, my ancestors did some shitty things, <laughs> you know? <laughs> doesn't make you a bad person. And that's what I'm trying to get at with this. But it also shouldn't excuse you from facing the truth of your past. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the truth is, is that all these events occur, and th- they have occurred in the past, and... The if we don't learn history of what happens, uh, this has been said a million times. It will repeat itself. Yeah, and that's what TF Mao is trying to do with these films. Like, I don't think he's trying to condemn Japan. Yeah, I don't think he's trying to look at Japan and like look how awful you are. Yeah, I'm, he's way, just like he's like this happened. Own up to it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just the. I mean, to get back on the topic of just the movie itself. Like, as I said, I wasn't the biggest fan of this one as much as I was Men Behind the Sun, but I did not hate this movie by any means. Yeah. Um, also, like, they show actual pictures from the events. Yeah. Which is pretty horrifying. Mm-hmm. But it definitely adds something to it where in a lot of movies it would not. And, yeah, I think it's definitely a solid film. When it comes to me, it's like, I think Men Behind the Sun is a better movie. Yes. Just because, like, like I said, it's like a coming-of-age tale that takes place in this horrific camp, you know. Yeah, it's all. But the way I see Men Behind the Sun is almost like the boy in the striped pajamas to the Holocaust. Yeah, except for not as graphic. What also it? Well, boy, the boy with striped pajamas is not as graphic as Men Behind the Sun. It also takes place from the, um, the Japanese side. Yeah, like it, 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 uh, it focuses on them a lot more. Where Black Sun and King Massacre is from the victim's standpoint mm. of view. And honestly, I think that makes this movie... I think this movie is actually more disturbing than Men Behind the Sun. Really? Because of that. Because, like, you feel bad for these people. You spend time with these people. Where in Men Behind the Sun, you spend time with the Japanese 
Mm. And the people committing the atrocities. And the atrocities are bad and they're horrible, but you don't know these people. You just feel bad for them because they don't seem, they just seem like they're innocent victims. Yeah. It's not like seeing someone that, like, in the story that you like or is an innocent person because you've seen them be innocent. They're just trying to survive and they get their heads lobbed off while taking a picture, you know? Yeah, there's there's pictures of that 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 happening too, and it shows it in the movie, like people's decapitated heads, just to test the sharpness of their swords. Yeah, they would line them up and just horrifying. It it is shocking. Like it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. The understatement of the century, right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're watching Come and See earlier. You're like, man, Nazis are bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> But I I really like this movie. I've always really liked this movie. It's shot super well. The soundtrack is really good. The acting is strong. Um, this is probably a movie I'm probably going to give a rewatch sometime down the down the road. Because the night I was trying to watch it, I was extremely tired. <laughs> it also, like, it was a movie that took me a long time to revisit. Yeah. Just because the ending in particular that takes place on Christmas, really hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting. Especially since you watched it near Christmas. Yeah. I wasn't really expecting for it to be that, like, sad. Mm. Yeah. And, all like, it's a very, like, it doesn't really have an ending just because it's like, what's the ending? Oh, they left. That's it. I mean. You know, like. <laughs> the, the ending is just like, well, after this, then Unit 37, uh, Unit 371 happens. No, it's going on at the same time. Oh, same time? Oh, absolutely. I thought this happened after, but never mind. No, it's all happened at the same time. It's so, all during that frame of time of World War Two. So it's like with the Holocaust and... Oh, that know, was happening at the same time, too. Yeah. Well, all this winter, was happening at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's it's extremely similar when you actually think about it, because they were raiding Nanking, mm-hmm. and Germany was raiding in Russia. Entire, Russia and Poland. Poland, and, and yeah. And all, that, and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that all this stuff was happening at the same time, but... Yeah, my knowledge on the, you know, Imperial Jap- you know, Japan side of World War II is very limited because they don't teach you this stuff in school. No, you learn about the uh, the Pearl Harbor. The Pearl Harbor. You learn the about Pearl <laughs> the Pearl Harbor. You learn about <laughs> Pearl Harbor and you learn about the bombs. You learn about, you also learn about the Holocaust. Well, I'm talking about the Jap- just the Japanese oh, yeah. front of World War II. But you don't learn about the occupation of Nanking. You don't learn about Unit 731. You don't learn about all these things. Like, I can't even tell you what happened on Italy's side of the front. Yeah, right? Like, it's always focused on Nazis. and Like, they're just like, in school, they're just like, yeah, here's your bad guys. Here's your good guys. Here's the event that happened to America. There's the, here's the bombs. It's over. D-Day and, and Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah, there was more that happened. Oh, there was way more. Like, World War Two is, is, like I said, one of the craziest time periods in American, not just American, world history. Yeah. The world went crazy. The world went absolutely batshit crazy there in the 40s. It did. In the 30s. It was a frightening, I actually had the pleasure of speaking to a World War Two veteran at my work the other day. Really? Yeah. He was like, how old do you think I am? I was like, I don't know, 60s, 70s? Like, I'm 91. Whoa. And he's like, I fought those bastards in <laughs> Germany. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. It was an honor to meet a man that served in World War Two because that was a that was a brutal, terrible war. <laughs> yeah. But uh, back to Black Sun to wrap mm-hmm. it up. I feel like we keep getting off topic. We're not talk about the movie. I mean, I feel like we're still on topic of that, but not the movie itself. Yeah. Uh, it's I enjoy the movie a lot. 
I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did. Yeah. But, again, I probably should give it another watch because the day I watched it, I guess I just wasn't in the mood for this mm-hmm. movie. Which, to be honest, <laughs> watching these movies kind of changed my mood. Yeah. When maybe <laughs> I was, like, joyful throughout the day. And then watching I'm like, oh, my God, I, wanted, I just want to die. <laughs> so, final thoughts on Black Sun, The Non-King Massacre. Um, it's definitely a movie that's a hard watch. And if you think you can handle it, then go for it. I don't think you can handle this. Can you handle this? Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's a, it's a definitely a must watch for fans of extreme cinema and also for history buffs. Yeah, it's not fun to watch. It's graphic. It's brutal. It's extremely violent. But it's also an important film because it's one of the only documentations of Nanking. Mm. You know, I know there's a movie just called Nanking that's about the Nanking massacre, and there's documentaries now. I mean, there's also movies about you know. Three seven one that aren't men by the sun. Isn't there? Isn't there like philosophy at night? That movie's not very good, but <laughs> I heard it's not. But yeah, but you know, I think it should be watched just because it's it, it's one of the first mm-hmm. to do it. You know, it, it, TF Mao was one of the first guys to come out and be like, "Here's something that needs to be documented." Yeah, this happened. We're not going to deny the fact that it happened. Yeah. So, Black Sun Ninja Massacre, very good movie. Check it out, peeps. We fat. We rewind, not fast forward. Fast forward would be weird. Dude, we fast forward to 1984. <laughs> <laughs> we fast forward. <laughs> we go back in time to 1984 to a British made-for-television film that aired on the BBC Two. That scarred everyone. That ruined a generation. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not necessarily ruined, but it probably scarred the shit out of some kids. Oh, I guarantee. And this is like, but. simply known as Threads. Holy shit. So, my knowledge of the movie Threads is only because the Mighty Severin Films, who's a company that we actually don't mention a ton on here. Yeah. That we should, because Severin is a fantastic company. We should do a piece on them. I love Severin Films. Yes. Um, well, the thing about Severin is so much of their movies are going to be pieced into other, mm. you know, categories and That's true. episodes. Severin is an awesome, awesome company. Um... And I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head that runs it. He made a movie. He's one of the directors in theaters of Bazaar. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, David Gregory. There we go. Uh, ran by David Gregory. And he went on the uh, really good podcast called Shockwaves. Yeah. That I recommend quite uh, quite highly to. It's through Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. Very good podcast. He was on there and he was kind of discussing the new releases from Severn. And he started talking about Threads. Talking about how it was one of the most disturbing movies ever released, and how it you know scarred a generation of people, and that it was one of the most frightening takes on nuclear holocaust or a nuclear attack, or however you want to phrase it. And I was like, sounds interesting. So I pre-ordered it, got the Blu-ray, in, and hadn't watched it. Wanted to watch it for a very long time, but we held off for this episode. Mm-hmm. And holy Jesus! <laughs> Golly old Jesus, as uh, as uh, uh, Jody Varel would say, this movie royally screwed me up. Yeah, because I was in the middle of watching Black Sun at the time when you finished this one, and you walked in here just quiet. Yeah. You set the movie on my table <laughs> and pretty much just walk out the door. <laughs> the movie wasn't anything like I was expecting. No. I expected it to be... Rough, because it is about, you know, and here's the thing that I think makes Threads so successful already, before you even watch the movie. The subject matter itself 
is terrifying. Yeah. The ideal of a place being hit by a nuclear bomb is horrifying in its own right. But then they take it to completely different levels. I believe the man's name is Barney Hill, who Barney directed Hill. this. Yeah, The man went to great lengths to research and make sure that he accurately captured what it is like when a nuclear bomb goes off. Like, something that's crazy is, I've heard some people be like, oh, the bombs we dropped on, you know, Japan back in World War II, you know, they Japan recovered from that. You don't understand, that was also like 80 years ago. Not just that, but it was two bombs. Yeah, two bombs. And that's it. That's not how it's going to be anymore. No. When a con- when a when a when a country bombs another country nuclearly, they're going to drop tons of bombs. Yeah. And but this movie, what this movie shows, like I don't know if there's any spoilers of this movie because it's a goddamn nuclear bomb that goes off. And yeah, I think it's pretty pretty easy to figure out what happens. But we have we do have a plot to go to. Oh, yes. We have a young couple. Can't remember their names. I'm sure I didn't write down because uh, I did. Hold on. Oh ho. Where where's it at? Tom, I think, was the guy. Thomas, I, I think that's I think that's his name. I'm trying to find it. Hey, <laughs> keep talking. So we got this young couple. They're young lovers. I know, and, I, know I wrote this down. <laughs> and they uh, they're getting ready to. They're expecting their first child. And all the while, this is going on in the background. In the background, that's what makes this so good. Yeah, is this growing fear. Of an attack. What the? I can't find it. I see Jimmy. I think that's, that might be his name. I don't fucking know. Just give up, Matt. No, I'm not giving up. I'm going to find out what this guy's name is. Well, you're, I need you to be here with me the, talking on the podcast. Shit. So. I know I wrote it down. At least I thought I did. Yeah, this it's fine. Yeah, <sighs> this young couple, right? Yeah. And like I said, they're expecting. And all the while in the background, there's this growing paranoia and fear. Of an attack. Because mm. this takes place during the Cold War. At the height of the Cold War. Yeah. You know, during the nuclear fear. Um, would, that, would that be during uh, the the 50s or like... The Cold War lasted... I know, it lasted for like two decades. Yeah. <laughs> this is the 80s. Yeah. But that was a real thing in the 80s mm. just as much. Especially in the 80s because like things got... Heated up in the seventies and eighties, you know. Yeah, war like people don't understand that they call it a cold war. It's only a cold war in theory. It got it got hot a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I mean I- Iraq, the first Iraq war. Oh God, Vietnam. In Vietnam, uh, these were all cold war wars. Didn't uh, Gulf uh, Gulf War? Yeah, Gulf War mm-hmm. happened too. So. That's what's so brilliant about this movie is the the fear is only is in the background at first. Nobody's paying attention to it. No, nobody thinks it's a real threat. But it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows until finally Russia drops the bomb on uh, Sheffield, mm-hmm. and from there you see a progression in time and see how the world or how Great Britain. The UK as a whole reacts and exists after the bomb. Yeah, and again, as much as the like the, the last movie 
The thing about the last movie that's horrifying is that, you know, it did happen. Mm-hmm. What makes this movie, I think, maybe even more terrifying is this could be what happens in the future. <laughs> it could. You know, that's it's very scary. Um, what the movie does is so brilliantly is building that tension. Yeah, and it's so, like, the tension builds within the movie and within you. Yeah. Because you're, like, you're concentrating on this bomb while everyone's, you know, just living their lives, and it's like, this is about to happen at any moment, isn't it? But it becomes more and more a part of these people's lives. Yeah. Like, at first, it's nothing. It's only in the background. It's background TV. Yeah. And then, the further the film goes along, the the more real it gets. And the more real it gets, the more it consumes these people. They're making shelters. They're getting food. You know, they don't even know it could happen. Like, everyone still is like, it's not going to happen. But, you know, and it just builds and builds. And then it, like, honestly, at a moment you don't expect. Like, no one's ready. Not in the audience watching is ready. The bomb hits. Because the scene that literally happens at is a bunch of people just arguing over, you know, probably stupid shit. Food. Rations. Yeah, because the 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 store shelves, the the store shelves are getting more and more empty because people are getting more and more afraid. Yeah, and then the siren goes off and hell breaks loose from there. Um, yeah, and the scene when the bomb goes off, man, I have never felt that way watching a movie. Like the hairs on my body stood up, my heart like skipped a beat. I could feel myself beginning to profusely sweat, you know? Yeah. It is the scary... Like, my notes are just like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, that was kind of mine too. It is so scary. And there's so many things you don't think about, like when it happens, like people like the bright flashing light, they're like, oh my eyes, you know? Mm. And like people just bursting into flames and, you know, shit blowing everywhere and... You know, that's just the first bomb. There's more bombs. There was like four, three, four yeah. bombs they drop. You know, and and the part that really haunted me and like I thought about for days on end is it, it's a brilliant shot and it only lasts a couple seconds. Probably because they didn't really have the money to make it look mm-hmm. amazing, but it's just such a, it's on the cover. You oh, just God. see downtown Sheffield and in the distance you just see a mushroom cloud. And the guy, he's just like, oh my God, they did it. Yeah. You know. And man, this movie, watching, because you... Had hyped it up, right? You're like, this movie's one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. And I was kind of like, oh, you know. Without oh. being overly graphic, too. Yeah, there's not a lot of, well. I mean, it's graphic. It's disturbing. It, it's violent. But it had to meet censors, and it probably barely passed. Yeah. Well, UK is different. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, with Jam. <laughs> that that great. Um, God. It's just, it's terrifying, man. It's so scary, man. And, like, you got the scene where, like, they're like, where's my son? Where's my son? And then oh, it's just, God. like, the second bomb hits. And it's just so quiet for a second. And then just boom, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, that scene, the, the, the nuclear bomb drop scene is one of the scariest scenes ever filmed. It is, you know. And it's scary in a different way. This ain't scary like The Conjuring. The Conjuring's a scary movie. Yeah, this is. This is a completely different kind of scary this is not, ooh, you got me scary, or, or oh, that's kind of eerie. This, this is, is th- like sending your body into fight or flight mode. This is the kind of movie, after watching it, you, it, it leaves you paranoid. It, it stains you. It stays with you. It doesn't leave your body anytime soon. Like, I know they said when this movie dropped out, it 
it scarred people. I guarantee this movie still scars people. It it scarred me. It, it, <laughs> I wasn't ready. Like I was not prepared. I thought about this movie for about three days on end. Yeah. Until I finally watched Come and See, and then I thought about that for a little bit. Threads haunted me for at least a day. Like, it's, I could not, like... And I was like, it's not even, like, the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. It's not overly graphic. There's some pretty nasty stuff in it, like, with the fallout mm. sickness and some of the corpse stuff. But it's not, like, super, like, graphic. No. And what I, what I think it makes this movie so horrifying is not in... The fact that, oh, this did happen. <laughs> this could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not going to get political or anything like that, but when it comes to you know countries, you never know when something like this is going to happen. Yeah, the current landscape of the world, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, this people joke about it and stuff like that, and it's not until you see it, like, showed how it could be yeah. that you're like, <laughs> it becomes real, like, oh, my God, like, that's... Yeah, honestly, this was a shitty time to watch this movie. Or the best time, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, and it came out around the same time as, uh, God dang it, what was the name of the American, uh, The Day After? The, the Day After. I think it was The Day After. What are you talking about? There was, a, there was an American made-for-TV movie that literally came out before Threads that I think was called The Day After that was America's equivalent of threads, basically. Oh, yeah. That scarred everybody. But, like, that movie, like, at the end, like, you know, like a plant grows, right? Mm. And it's like, oh, there's hope for humanity. This movie is like, no, man. Like, everything's going to go away. Like, languages are going to start breaking down because people don't talk. Yeah, in this movie, it, it shows you, like, the only thing, the only two, the only two outcomes of a nuclear attack is the end, or you're back in the Dark Ages. Yeah. Which is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Because at first, you know, you have the fallout, Mm -hmm. which is almost as bad as the bomb, because you have this dust that's kicked up everywhere that's tainted with radiation. Yeah, and it gets inside your body and just destroys you. If the bomb doesn't kill you, that's what will. Then you go through nuclear winter, because the clouds are... yeah built up so then it becomes like the ice age essentially and something uh, yeah and then after the ice age the sun comes back out but because there now is a massive hole in the ozone layer the the sun's rays are beyond anything you can handle so the high risk of cancer and blind because the rays are so powerful like well, the crazy thing like is the statistics in this movie, too. That's what really drives the point home, because it's like, with every moment, it doesn't have dialogue, mm-hmm. and it shows you what's happening, what's going to happen. When, you know, if a bomb drops, you know, these bombs happen, it's absolutely horrifying, because it's like, the population of Britain before the bomb was like, uh, over mil- you know, millions of people, and yeah. now it's down to like 13,000. Yeah, and it just decreases and decreases and day decreases. by day. Yeah, and you see people trying to get the ground to like have, you know, to make crops again, mm-hmm. and they're just dying doing it. Yeah, it's horrifying, man. The movie is, uh, God, it's rough. Yeah, I would say this to critique the film a little bit. There's a few things about like I think it goes on a little long, a little bit after the bomb drops, right? 
Mm. Like, we, I, I know what it's doing. It's driving home the point of the fallout and, you know, how humanity kind of begins to break down. Um, But it, like, it almost, like, goes on to the point where, like, that stuff, like, that stuff we've seen in movies before, you know, the road and stuff like that. Mm. So, like, it, it's so familiar um, that I don't think it's as powerful yeah. as the first part of the movie. So I think it drags on a bit too much. And also towards the end, there's a part where, like, they're watching this VHS. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to learn how to talk because nobody speaks to each other, basically. Mm. But I was like, well, where the hell did they get electricity? Yeah, ooh, I did not think about mm-hmm. that. I did not think about that at all. Like, where did this TV come from? Like, how do they have electricity? Yeah, if they would have electricity while we're not, not trying to, like, build stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That's a bit weird. I never caught that, on to that. That was a part of the movie where I was like, mm, I don't know about that. That's a bit strange, you know? I'm glad you pointed that out because I did not notice it. Yeah. However, that's just minor gripes. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, this is a really good movie. Yeah. Like, it's freaking good. It is not an easy watch, though. No, it's not a movie you come home from having a great day and just pop in because it's going <laughs> to ruin your day. You got to be like, all right, I'm ready. Let's and do this. I'm not even sure if I was. You know, I told you when I was done, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever watch this movie again. Yeah. Um, It's just like that scene, man, the scene of the bomb drop. Like, I, I physically felt my, like, gut go bleh, like, drop out. Mm-hmm. And that's something I haven't experienced since I was, like, a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, like, it's so shocking. You're not ready for it. Even though this whole movie, that's what it's a build-up to, you're still just not ready for it. Like, this movie, after watching it, almost made me physically ill just thinking about this possibility, this possibility of uh, this being our future. It's a, uh, yeah. I think the way I describe the movie is like, it is disturbing. Mm-hmm. You can say it is disturbing, but I would say it's scarier than it's disturbing. It's, I th- honestly think it is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, but it's a different kind of scary too. Like it's, it lives in its own world, you know, as the most frightening PSA ever yeah. <laughs> made. You know, you're uh, sick, Britain. You're sick. <laughs> you're the new Canada. <laughs> oh my god! I wonder how many people actually get that I reference. I don't know. If you get that reference, you're awesome. Yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're the new Canada. So, final thoughts on threads before we move on. Again, it's a highly recommend for me. Yeah. It's one of my absolute favorite films that we've watched on this podcast, to be honest. It was good, man. Like, I, when it was done, I was like, damn. Damn. You know, yeah. like, shit. That was a, unbelievable, you know? Like, it, it had me thinking. That's, that's what makes a movie good, in my opinion, when it's so good that it makes you think about it for quite a long time. Of course, there's some movies that are bad that do the same mm-hmm. thing, but I think you understand, and I think people will understand what I'm getting at. There have uh, been moments doing this podcast where like, we'll watch a movie, and I'll pause it, go get a drink or something like that, just be like, man, this is rough. You know, yeah. this is disturbing. But Threads is the only movie we watched where I can honestly say there was times where it was so intense that I was like, I might have to turn this off. Yeah. Like, I might have to take a break. This is too intense, you know? <laughs> It's one of the most intense movies ever made, and I honestly feel like it's one of the most underrated, you know, scary yeah. movies ever. I had never, like, I can't really call it a horror movie necessarily. No. It's it, a drama. It, shows, it does show horror. Oh, it's horrifying, but it's a more of a drama than a horror movie. 
I mean, and usually the horror movie, there's more of, you know... I feel like it would... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to get Classifying horror is impossible. Because if yeah. someone was like threads a horror movie, I'm like, sure. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> you know, fair enough. Gotcha. And well, Grouchland horror film? Sure. Sure. <laughs> it's got monsters. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. But, yeah. Mighty Severin. Yeah, like... The first time I heard about this movie was because of horrible reviews, and he gave it mighty praise, and it's really rightfully mm-hmm. deserved, in my opinion. Yeah, it's disturbing in the way Grave of the Fireflies is disturbing. Yeah, There's a di- <laughs> these movies are just a different kind of disturbing. Is it like is it kind of like Gummo kind of scary? Where it's like this is Icky. some yeah 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 it's hard to explain because like I to me I've always said Solid 120 Days is always the most disturbing movie ever made mm. and I still believe that way because it like when I'm watching it I feel like like am I going to jail for owning this yeah you know like that movie is disgusting it's horrible like it's one of the most vile movies and it just makes me sick every time I watch it I've seen it way too many times though because it actually is a really good movie I've only seen it once Threads like, is equally as disturbing mm. but just in a different way it it's a movie that I feel like the best way to explain it is just to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie that gives gut uh, it gives a gut punch like I've not felt since I was younger. Mm-hmm. Which I've watched horror movies before, and like I was sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching you know some short films today, and there's been some ones I was like, oh, that got me. Yeah, make hands sweat, you know. Yeah, but there was nothing that gave me the childhood like of just being like, can I finish this fucking movie? Threads will put the fear of God in you. <laughs> Threads will just put the fear of humanity in you, man. Just like, yeah. please don't go to nuclear war. <laughs> I give Threads a big thumbs up. Thank you, Severin, for yes. and putting out a really good edition of the movie, too. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, it's full frame, but that's how it was shot. So yes. that's not a problem. But plenty of interviews with like the cast and crew, commentary, a great interview with a guy that I can't remember his name. He wrote Nightmare USA, which is an exploitation book. Oh, cool. He's awesome. He's in like the Video Nasties documentary. That guy is a wealth of knowledge. Just look up Nightmare USA and it's you'll a, find that him. Movie, there's a movie on that on Netflix, isn't there? What? Nightmare in USA. I don't know. It'd be cool. As long as he had something to do with it. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> he's great. He's an awesome interview. Every time I see that guy on anything, it's just like it adds a bit more class to it, mm. I think, because he just, he knows what the hell's up. So, yeah, big, big, big thumbs up for Threads. Yeah, it's it's a movie that deserves to be watched, and go to Severin and get this movie. Yeah, that's a great thing about companies like Severin and Synapse and Unearthed and... yeah. Like every once in a while, man, they'll like they'll pick up something that you've never heard of. That's like a, like a classic. Mm-hmm. You're like, where was this? You know, <laughs> there. I was. I saw they posted something on their Instagram of one of the cases, and my God, I wanted it. Oh yeah, I didn't. I could have got the lenticular, but yeah. I didn't go with it because I was like, I don't. It's almost like Battle Royal all over again. Yeah. When uh, you know, because Battle Royal was so hard to get for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could import. A DVD of it, but in the states it just really wasn't available. But they had this really nice, cool Blu-ray mm. that uh, that uh, Angry Bay put out, and I was like, "Well, I've never seen the movie, so I'll just get the standard DVD." And then and I watched the movie. And I'm like, "God dang it, it was great!" <laughs> and that's the way with threads. I'm like, "Some bitch, I should have got the damn lenticular cover." 
God. But I didn't miss out on that damn Jack the Ripper. I got it. Yeah, you did get it. <laughs> and we watched that one. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Yeah. But um, like every once in a while, man, like a company will put out something that you've never heard of, and not only have you never heard of it, it's freaking like a masterpiece. <laughs> like Suffer the Little Children. Like Suffer Little Children. No. <laughs> like Threads Please. or perfect example, Angst. Yeah. Like Angst is a masterpiece. That is one of the most... Like underappreciated movies I've ever seen. And if Cold Epics didn't put it out, you know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows if it ever seen a lot of day? You know, it's so good, man. Yeah. And speaking of another, like, I don't think it's a stretch to call it a masterpiece. Mm. You know, that I've, I've never even heard of this movie. I heard about it from horrible reviews. He didn't talk about it a lot. It was probably like roughly like maybe two or three minutes. Well, none of his reviews are ever that long. He always does a bunch of movies in one yeah. usually. And he's awesome. Let's give a shout out to Horrible Reviews. Yeah, Horrible Reviews. I don't always agree with him, Mm. but like I always feel like he's very fair. I mean, he's honestly one of the biggest, you know, things we uh, biggest channels we got influence from to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And not just his disturbing video, his disturbing movies videos are. It's not the only thing he has. Like he does like franchise reviews and. Most recently, he's been doing uh, controversial movies, mm-hmm. which is movies that are not necessarily disturbing, but they got a lot of attention from. Yeah, and I think it's cool too because, like, you know, when I was in college, man, the 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 sick, twisted fuck community was, you know, I was a proud flag waver. Yeah, and it kind of just, you know, slowly but surely just fell apart. That happens a lot, though. To see a guy like horrible reviews. Who is like almost like he like came out of the ashes with a flag like I'm here <laughs> you know I'm gonna yeah. give a new perspective on this ideal. Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, I, and I apologize to the listeners at home. But anyways, I had never heard of this movie, had no clue about it. A Russian film from 1985 called Come and See. Yeah, this is another movie that I think I threw your way from horrible reviews, mm-hmm. and I was like, this movie he gave you know high. You know, props to as well, and you're like, all right, and we finally fit it into an episode. Yeah, fit it into war. Um, God dang. Yeah. Um, this movie tells the story. Uh, what's his name? Flor, Flory, Floria, Florian. It's hard to pronounce. <laughs> Russian, Russian in particular is one of the hardest languages to pronounce. Like it's crazy. It's also one of the hardest to like <laughs> try to read. Yeah, I look at it. I'm like, oh my what? god. Can you fit another A in there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that offensively. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyways. I mean. Uh, he's a young man. He has dreams of joining the Russian army. Uh, one day he and this little kid who I hated this little kid, by the way. <laughs> Matt knows this. Oh, and I'll I'll put, I'll put let the, the fans in on oh. this. I'm not a big fan of kids in movies. <laughs> I mean, I'm not either, but. This kid was pissing me off in the first frame. <laughs> I was like, and I knew this movie was about a kid. Oh, God. So I didn't know what kid it was. I was like, <laughs> is this our main character? Because if this is our main character, I ain't making it. Because <laughs> his voice is like... <laughs> he's awful. He's awful. But he's also real little, so it's like, it's, you can forgive him. Yeah. But it's like, thank God he wasn't in this entire movie. But anyways, they're out just digging up stuff in a battle, uh, an ex-battlefield. If, you know. Yeah. Um... And they dig up a rifle. Yes. And I guess that what some that he takes it home and I guess mails off to the Russian army or something like that. Mm. Gets word out that he has this gun. 
so they show up and they're like, you know, do you want to join us? And he's like, sure. <laughs> yes, that's what I want to do. Horrible mistake. Horrible mistake. But anything was a bad mistake in this. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, existing this is, at this time was a bad mistake. <laughs> having children was a bad yeah. idea this time. So he leaves his mother and his family behind, and he goes to this camp, and you know, the worst. Happens. Yeah, it's bad things. So essentially, what happens is he's left behind as they go to march into battle because they're like, we have to have people here as well as. The way I took that was, you know, he's a kid. He's a kid. The guy, he, the guy who was the leader of the troop was rough and, you know, stern. But at the same time, you could tell that he had sympathy. He had heart. Sympathy. You know, what I mean, he looked at that kid and was like, "He ain't ready for this." Yeah, just let's keep him here for now. Yeah, and then maybe train him later. Perfect example. I think the reason he knows is because you know earlier in the movie he comes up and he's like, "Why didn't you shoot?" He's like, "I recognized you." He's like, "But I didn't give the password." Oh, yeah. You know, so at that moment, I think he knew that he didn't have what it took. He didn't have the killer instinct. Yeah, he didn't have what it took to do this. Mm -hmm. So he left him behind, and it seems like, you know, that's what's going to happen. When the camp is attacked by the Nazis. (laughs) The Nazis? The Nazis. They bomb them. It's the way it's read to pronounce, but... (laughs) So after that, him and oh my god, this other chick, <laughs> Glasha, I think her name was, or Glasha, whatever it who is, who I thought was absolutely wretched. I thought she was whatever. I hated her performance, man. <laughs> but anyways, we'll get into that in a minute. Go back oh. to his hometown. I, this is a long plot. Like yeah. essentially, it's just him traveling from village to village, and every time he stops somewhere, something awful, something, something just awful happens. The shittiest of humanity happens. It reminds me a ton of Grave of the Fireflies, where it's like there's ne- there's like there's moments where like okay, ooh, I can breathe now. Everything's god dang it. All right, <laughs> cut the shit. You know? you know that was one of the most disturbing kids movies on the list. What Grave of the Fireflies? Yeah. I- I'll argue with the Grave of the Fireflies is not a kid movie, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Touche. We're not talking about Grave of the Fireflies. We're talking about Come and See. Yeah, the what future of sick on cinema? <laughs> it's a disturbing anime. <laughs> That was something we talked about. We could do that, but anyways. (laughs) I had never heard of this movie. I've said it a million times now. Yeah. No clue. Didn't even know this thing existed. This movie blew my socks off. Yeah. This is a goddamn master. This is an Oscar-worthy movie. Yeah. And And it's like, it's great, and it's like, standard sense. Like, when you, when you just, as a, just a movie, it's just a well-told tragedy. Mm. Right, of watching this kid go from an innocent kid to a broken down man, <laughs> basically, you know. I mean, you see the kid age, like literally, yeah, literally, <laughs> in a span of just a couple of days is what the story takes place. About a week, probably, I'd say. Yeah, probably. A if week. you put everything together, mm. probably about a week of story time, and he has gray hair and wrinkles, and and this kid's acting like I don't know why this movie has not been recognized more. He's a, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. His acting is phenomenal. He is again Oscar worthy. Like the guy, the kid gave everything. <laughs> Although we were talking as he maybe not have been acting at some points. Yeah. As I've heard, they actually used like live ammunition on set. Oh shit! And like that, the director wanted to hypnotize him for like the really rough stuff. 
Oh my god! But he was like he couldn't be hypnotized, like he was un like hypnotizable. I god guess dang. I don't know. So and they say that the rumor is that his hair literally did turn gray on set. <laughs> Jesus! From like the stress of like the scenes and stuff like that. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. But he does so good, and that's what I'm saying. Like as a, just a straightforward, like you know, tragic tale of the loss of innocence. Because I feel like that's kind of the basis yeah, of the story. That's kind of like. The the plot like it's kind of like the the focus of the movie yeah. is his loss of innocence, and at the same time it's showing the atrocities that happened in Russia. Nothing. Yeah, because when people talk about World War Two, they talk about you know you know the Holocaust and stuff like that. They don't realize that it wasn't just Jewish people that were targets. Mm-hmm. It was. Everyone in between, it was mentally handicapped people. It was yeah, gypsies. You know, yeah, gypsies. The Russians. I actually did a presentation on this for school whenever mm-hmm. I was in sixth grade, and that traumatized the hell out of me. The <laughs> Holocaust then, but I actually got the best presentation in my entire class because of you know research and stuff like this. And God Almighty, this this movie. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, as just a straightforward movie, it's awesome. But then, like, the director really got experimental with it at times, too. Yeah, but the camp with shots. With shots, like, real tight close-ups. I know you enjoy those. Yeah, I do. But, uh, like, these are so unique, though. Yeah, because in most close-ups, it's usually from, like, close to the side, not on their face, really. Like, yeah, like, like a lot of directors like to skew the camera just a little bit to kind of give personality. This is just straight, you know, framed in, right on the face. You know, at times the actors are actually looking into the lens. Yeah. Which works for most of them. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get to that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, like, the sound design of this movie creates such a panicked atmosphere. Like, the music and the sound effects are so layered. Like, yeah. I bet if you looked at the audio, like, if you, like, put this into, like, a, a Adobe, and you looked at the audio files, oh, I God. bet they're just, like, stacked. Yeah. Because like you have this like, and then you, and then you have like Mozart playing and like this like low droning like moans and yeah other kinds of music are all like put together and it just creates a sense of like uh, 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 you know there was moments in this movie especially after you know the you know the very beginning with the the bomb that yeah. happens um there's almost a sense. Of a flashback to me, uh, you know, from, you know, for me, from, like, movies like Irreversible, mm-hmm. with, like, how the audio, like, just gets in your head, just letting you know, like, this he this kid can't hear right now. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, such awesome sound design in this film. Like, it's it's, it's brilliantly done, really. Like, yeah. it, like I said, it creates a sense of panic. Like, I think one of the best scenes to show that is he goes back to his mother's house, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And the use of the sound of flies in that scene is marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So subtle, but perfect. Because there shouldn't be flies. Yeah. There shouldn't be that many flies. And he knows it. Mm. But he's trying not, because he's still a kid, you know? He's yeah, trying he's to be trying optimistic. To he hasn't been completely crushed just yet. <laughs> oh, God. You know? And then, like, they're running. He's like, I know where they are. They're over here, and they're running, right? Mm. And Glasha, even though she's a shit actress, she looks over, and she sees a stack of bodies behind the barn. Yeah. 
when it does, like, like this, like, crazy sound effect happens. And then she's, like, running forward without, you know, and then she's, like, just through sound alone, you're, yeah. you can get the sense of her being, like, what do I say? What do I do? Yeah. You know? And if she was a better actress, that scene would be even better, but she's absolutely absolute she was okay, honestly. She's awful. She's absolutely <laughs> shit. Thank God she's only in this movie, like, like maybe 20 minutes. Because, God dang. Her performance is staring to the goddamn camera, make a weird ass face, say something cryptic, which that's in the script. I'm fine with that. It's the goddamn <laughs> delivery of it. Oh god! When they're in the goddamn mucky mud water shit, yeah. you think she was in a goddamn like Shakespearean play? She's like, oh, <laughs> like just like over the goddamn top. Oh my god, I hate her in this oh, movie. God. <laughs> Maybe I'm alone in this, but everyone else is like, oh, no, no, she got really good performance. I think she was absolute shit. Like, when the guy showed up, she's like, he's crazy, he's deaf, his family has been killed. I was like, good God. How? Like, why? Like, oh, God. The director should have been like, cut. No. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Do it better. No. Oh my god! If that was the best take, I'd god dang, I'd hate to see the worst take. <laughs> oh my god! It's like that kid from uh, the Smurfs two movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nostalgia crew was talking about. God, I, oh I don't know, god. man. Like she really rubbed me the wrong way in this movie from the time she showed up. Because like I said, she, her her whole performance is just to stare right into the camera. <laughs> oh god, here we go again. And just make stupid faces. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? What is this? Is this your ideal of emoting? I honestly didn't think she was that bad, but oh, okay. I hated her. I hated her. When she was gone, I was so happy. Oh, God. Because then we actually got the characters that I was like, oh, these guys are actually really good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> you nearly killed me. Sorry. <laughs> I just... Man, it just really irked me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I don't. I can't say it hurts the movie because I think the rest of the movie is absolutely just brilliant. <laughs> I don't know the way you went in right then, man. It was just pin up rage. Oh god. The rest of the movie is just absolutely brilliant. Like the the, the kid, man, the guy that plays Flo, Florian. 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 Ah, uh, like his, like you said, his face will haunt you. That's absolutely correct, man. Like the his... cl- the close ups of him, like seeing this happening and just like seeing his like. Going from almost like, okay, everything's going to be okay. No. To just by the end of the movie being like, nothing is okay. The hope is lost. But all told through face, not words. Mm-hmm. So good. Like, that's an Oscar-worthy performance right there. Yeah, he is fantastic. I mean, it's honestly crazy that... Because this movie gets a lot of high praise for you know people who have seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it has 95. Yeah, IMDb has got like an 8... Yeah, on and for IMDb, that's impressive because good lord, they're very harsh on there. <laughs> on Letterbox, has four point eight out of five. Yeah, which is crazy, and deservedly so. Yes, like I, you know, I think it's a like, I don't think it's perfect. Yeah, you know, we we're talking. About, I think you liked it more than I did. Yes, I absolutely love this movie. But that's but... saying something because I was like, when it was done, I was like, that was a damn good movie. Like that was impressive. Because I mean, this movie, whenever you start watching it, it draws you in. And you just can't stop watching. It's almost two and a half hours long, but it doesn't yeah. feel like it. 
it does not feel like it. Like it's not boring. Like it just moves at such a such a good pace, like such a nice click that it's just by the end of it you're just like, man, I could watch another thirty or so minutes of it. Other than the fact yeah. that it's absolutely horrible. Yeah, it's like I wanna see where this kid goes from here. Yeah, what's next? <laughs> I wanna see him shoot some Nazis. <laughs> I wanna see the Nazis get schmucked. <laughs> But that's Shucked. good. That it, it's good that I, like you only get like one little brief moment mm-hmm. of the Nazis getting their comeuppance. Because I think you know if it became like a war film, it'd be like Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, you know, I love Inglorious Bastards, but that's not necessarily what we want from this movie. You know, yeah, this movie shows this kid and going through some of the worst things that humanity mm-hmm. has to offer. Something that a kid shouldn't have to go through. No, no, you know, not at all. And it's brilliant, man. It's really good. Like it's a really, really good movie. I was super impressed with this film. For a film, like I said, and I've said it a thousand times, you know, I feel like I got my pull, my finger on the pulse of cinema. I don't know every movie, but something that's considered a masterpiece by so many, I feel like I I should have known about this movie. Yeah. You know, it's one of the greatest war movies ever made. I know on this podcast we don't rate things. Yeah. We just talk about them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean. You know, on Letterbox, of course, I rate every movie I watch. And this movie got extremely high praise from me and yeah. many other people. Yeah, absolutely. And it deserves... It deserves it. It deserves it. absolutely deserves it. And you can watch it on Vudu. Yeah, you can rent... But you can only rent on Vudu, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I freaking love Come and See. I think it was absolutely excellent. So... Seven films, um, but uh, release. <laughs> well, I think Kino owns Come oh. and See, and I okay. think they do have a DVD out of Come and See. <laughs> um, but someone needs to get a hold of it and get a pristine like cri- This is a perfect movie for Criterion. Mm-hmm. We need a Criterion edition of Come and See. I would be on that day one. Of course, you know that's what we need. We need a Criterion release of Come and See. So, make that happen, Criterion, I mean, whoever does Criterion. And just everything in this movie, I mean, it, it, as I said, it is hard to watch. But It's brutal. There's, you know, we haven't really got into, like, the in-deep detail of some of the stuff that happens, nor do I think we need to, really. No. I mean, it's Nazis. You should know bad things happen when Look, there's Nazis. when you see the swastika... You know bad things are gonna happen? Shit's going down, it's not yeah. gonna be good. Yeah, even American History X. Oh. Which is a fantastic movie. Is that movie we're covering? I'd say one day we will. We have to find movies to put it in with. Yeah, stuff in there like mainstream or well-known or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But anyways. Nazi movies. Nazi movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's Come and See, man. Final thoughts? Um, extremely high praise for me. Uh, this may be the absolute best movie we've ever probably covered on this podcast. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe. One of them. For sure. And it's just... It's so good. It's an epic. Like, it's massive in scale. It's gripping. It's disturbing. It's got some great performances. It has one absolutely ass performance, but <laughs> doesn't hurt the movie really at all. <laughs> like, I feel like every, everything with this movie is amazing. Like, the directing, the writing, mm-hmm. and... Uh, did I say acting? Yeah. I know you don't like Gla- uh, Glacia so She's much, but, terrible, but I thought she was okay. Like it's it, it's a straightforward enough film where just regular film fans can watch it and, mm. and appreciate it for how great it is. 
but it also has its surreal moments and you know art and you know real artsy moments and i don't oh, mean yeah. that as like artsy i mean that as like it's art you yes. know moments for like scholars and you know mm. real film buffs and surrealists to get into as well you know so yeah come and see man that's a sleeper right there for sure yeah what you need to do is uh see this movie mm-hmm. if you hey shit if you just rent it for 299 on voodoo it's still worth seeing but i'm <laughs> calling you out criterion we need criterion edition of come and see yes boy boy <laughs> and speaking of letterboxd if you want to follow me letterboxd the Hammer Fifty Six is my screen name. You can probably just search at Rugged John Coffee because it's next to my. It's it's locked in with my Twitter. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Mine is DBZ Fan Two Three O. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. not letter O. Not letter O. Zero. Zero. Sorry. Zero. Um. So yeah, follow us on there. So what's the next episode, Matt? I think we already approached what it was going to be. August Underground. Yeah. Which we're kind of doing this a little early. I was gonna, we were gonna save the August Underground series. I mean, series. We, we, we can. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm fine with doing it, especially you know to do it as kind of a tribute to Killjoy. Yeah, I mean, I had some other stuff in mind as well, but because you know we we discussed Killjoy, I feel like it's probably maybe maybe an appropriate time to do it. Yeah, agreed. Because um, if it wasn't gonna be that, if it wasn't gonna be August Underground, it was going to be something a little more fun. Yeah, something a little more goofy. So, but I'm down with doing August Underground in in memory of Killjoy. Um, but I was, you know, originally we were going to kind of save it for and just do like a Fred Vogel, yeah, month, you know. Uh, we can still do that though. <laughs> oh, we'll still do Fred Vogel. You know, yeah. we'll cover everything Fred Vogel at one point. But yeah, August Underground, big in, and big, big episode. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to follow us. Sick on Cinema is the is the name to follow. Yes, and I don't know what that even means. I don't know what that means either. But if we if I get into the Twitter account, I will post updates on there. I swear <laughs> to God, I just can't get into the contact account because I don't remember the password. Shout out to Brandon for sending us an email. Yes, uh, you, you know, send more. Send more. And if you want to do that, you can send to us to us at. Oh, oh, sorry Jesus about that. Christ. <laughs> Devil just possessed me. <laughs> Sickoncinema at gmail.com. Yes. Sickoncinema at gmail.com. No capitals. No capitals. August Underground is next. It's going to be massive. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Huge. We're going to go see Paul Bearer and Dying Fetus. Yes. We'll talk about that next time as well. And I mean, it, the, the next episode may not just be for, you know... And just honoring it could be like a big special thing for uh, the podcast. And I feel like when it, by the time it comes out, we we could also just do for vocal month. We might because we gotta I wait mean, for the final interview as a thing. Oh shit! Yeah. Um. Well, it's still gonna be a huge episode. Damn it! <laughs> and maybe we can reach out. Yes. And get a hold of Mr. Vogel. I've spoke to Mr. Vogel before. Yes, you have. You actually interviewed him once, didn't you? Not? Uh, yeah, for another podcast. He's a great guy. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's all speculation right now. We don't know what's going to happen. But and next episode may not even be August Underground. It might be something completely different. You never know with us. It's probably going to be August Underground. It's going to be August, <laughs> it's gonna be August Underground. But. but I am John. I am Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. And it's never, ever ready. And never on time. Never <laughs> prepared. We <laughs> suck at our lives. <laughs> I suck at existing. 
but this is the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Yes, it is. Sick on cinema. 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 Bitch.